Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggies.stockton. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a really fun episode 136. It was our Kingsland episode 6 where we brought on our guy KC to talk about the Kingsland Facebook page and all things Kings uh, at this point in the season, it was a really fun episode. If you're looking for that episode or any of our others, you can always find those streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcast. Bring me my co-host today. As always, Ryan, what's good? What is going on, everybody? What's today? Wednesday, February 22nd. Kings are back in action after the All-Star break tomorrow against Portland. I will be there. Looking forward to it. Um who they play, Eric? What was that last game we went to right before the All-Star break? Oh, man. I'm blanking right now. It was Dallas Mavericks game we went to. Oh, that's right. The Dallas game. The overtime thriller. De'Aaron Fox went off. Like, went into the fourth with, like, 10 points and finished the game with 36. Absolutely ridiculous. G1C was fucking popping that night. So, I'm actually bringing a buddy tomorrow. And I was telling him, like, dude, the last few games I've been to, man, the G1C has been absolutely crazy. So hopefully uh, that same energy tomorrow night on Thursday. So, uh, um, but yeah, all-star break was uh, relatively boring uh, as the ratings proved. Kevin Herter took an absolute dump in the three-point contest and De'Aaron Fox had zero points in the all-star game. So, you know, just another all-star game came and went where Sacramento fucking irrelevant, but <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. We got that second half, 25 games left in the season coming. Um, and the Kings looking to make a push for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I wanted to, we could talk about that all star. There was some there were some videos that came out. I want I did want to talk about that. Um, I was looking forward to coming on today. Actually, I had ironically enough uh, listened to uh, the, our last episode. I don't really listen to our podcasts anymore at all. Um, I don't, but I did listen to this last one because I wanted to kind of run through the takes. It was it was a fun episode that we did with KC, and we covered so much stuff. I, I wanted to kind of to go through, so it, it it was a fun one, and, and yeah, you're right. The, the Kings, uh, that game was wild, right? Before there was one more game though, right? Right for the All Star break, it was against the Suns at the Suns where they they got they got took, uh, and that was without without um, Kevin Durant, and you know that, that's one thing we had talked about, which is kind of the, the obvious tape. We had talked about that on that episode about how we really we really feel like the Suns are going to ascend, and you know, how a lot of people were. We're, we're kind of like, well, the chemistry and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, man. So uh, the a lot to talk about. I guess I won't blow my load right away before we get into the episode. But um, there there is a plenty to talk about. And yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a bummer. This week was a bummer. Not having games, nothing to bet on. I had a betless week this week, Ryan, so far. And I don't plan on, I don't, you know, what? I'm, I'm betting this week. What am I talking about? I'm not going to, I haven't bet in five days. And and that's, uh, I bet the three point contest. Um and lost that 
But besides that, I haven't made any bets. It's been a boring week. Um, I have all this time now without the NFL. I don't even know what to do with myself. Well, my wife's already trying to plan out the weekend, and I have no uh, nothing to use to to, to push back because my, my my time's wide open. So I'm glad that the Kings are back. I can actually you know watch something. The the All Star break I just felt like it was kind of a boring time for sports this week. But um, I have a good player for you this week. If you want to, let's jump right into the player. Right, let's do that. Um, so if uh, you are new to the podcast or uh, haven't checked us out before, this is where we bring in the podcast with a random player from our childhood. And I give Ryan the bio and he has to guess the player. So last week, Ryan Casey had a good showing Casey showed up and um, he got uh, Tyrus Thomas, which was a good pool. And uh, for you, who do you, who did you get Tim Thomas? You did, you missed on Tim Thomas. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. But that, so I got, I finally got one, but Ryan is a, is a good, I always say he's the Steve Nash free throw percentage uh, on this game. Uh, so he's pretty good, ninety percent or something like that. So okay, right. Without further ado, who's your player? Okay, uh, this player currently he's forty-four years old, so that's his age. Uh, no, obviously no longer in the league. He went to Hofstra, Ryan Hofstra, ninety-six to two thousand. He was drafted in two thousand and the twentieth overall pick by the 76ers. He is a point guard. If I didn't read his height, five foot eleven, one hundred and sixty-six pounds. So a really small player. Um, oh, or two thousand oh two Sixers. 02 to 03, Spurs. 03 to 05, Golden State Warriors. 05 to 06, New Orleans Hornets. 06 to 09, Atlanta Hawks. He was an NBA champion in 03. It says here, so I was with the Spurs. You're going to remember mostly uh, with the uh, probably the Golden State Warriors. 9.3 points a game, four assists per game. Um, if you need, if you're if you're having a hard time because that's that, that bio doesn't serve much, I will give you one. I will give you one hint that I will usually wouldn't give. So you go ahead and tell me. I give the hint. I have no clue. This is one of the few times where I'm like, I can't even come up with a name. Yeah, and, and usually I try not to give you too much in the bio because you're pretty good at it, but that bio doesn't really help out. Okay, here here's their one hint. His his name, his first name, is um, let's see, it's a nickname. You're gonna he, you're not gonna know his real name. His his you're gonna know his first name as a nickname. Yeah, that if that helps. You you wouldn't be able to guess this player's real name. Five foot eleven. Yeah, the Golden Sixers? State Warriors. You're gonna know him from the Golden State Warriors if you think Golden State Warriors oh three to oh five shitty Warriors. Um, he was really I I know him really as a, as a bench player, but he's popular. When I say it, you're gonna be like, oh shit, no way. Give me a guess. Ah, uh, I I can't even come up with a name. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I have I'm drawing blank. No worries. Okay, here's your player, Ryan. Speedy Claxton. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> that was a. St- All right, that's cool. Great Speedy Claxton. Yeah, great, great job. Yeah, cool. Speedy Claxton. His bio is not very, uh, not very good there. But yeah, you're usually pretty good at that. So I figured I'd give you a tough one, and there I go. So that's that's the player this week. Another win in my book. So uh, I don't know where you want to break it in, Ryan, with the Kings. Uh, what's what's recap last episode, last week's episode? Any anything to take away? Uh, the Kingsland episodes that we do are always really fun. Because uh, we bring Casey on and, and the page has grown. We talked about it last week. We started this page just a couple of years ago, and we're already oh, we're almost to four thousand members. And we we really moderate that page and kick people out with kind of what we would call trash takes. So we try to keep it a quality page. A lot of good stuff comes out of that, and it was good to have Casey on. Got a lot of great feedback from the people in Kingsland um, as well. But uh, I don't know. Is there anything like uh, we covered so much? Was there anything that you wanted to elaborate on that we went into that episode? I mean. 
a lot of what we talked about was just the the Kings at the deadline. That was the that was the big thing. I guess we talked about uh you know we talked about the the Western Conference, and I guess that's kind of where it's at right now. I think that I want to talk about it was the Western Conference and the Kings as a, as as a whole and their lack of moves. You know what I mean? So that's really was there anything or not really? That well, you I, think mean, of? I mean, to beat a dead horse, we all know Sacramento made zero freaking moves at the deadline that improved the team and teams that they're going to play and teams that are in their division and in the conference are got a lot better. You know, uh, Phoenix just obliterated them and they didn't even have Kevin Durant or Terrence Ross, um, you know, and, you know, Dallas made their moves and, you know, granted Sacramento beat Dallas, but, you know, at the end of the day, Dallas has two elite players that are better than any two players that Sacramento owns. Um, The Lakers obviously got a lot better and, you know, Fortunately for Sacramento, the Lakers are so far in the standings that I don't see them catching Sacramento. But that's a team if you know you see them in a play, and I, I don't want to see that team. You know, so we talked about that stuff, and uh, it, it, it's really disappointing, in my opinion, that Sacramento didn't make moves. I'll come under and say it again because you know I, I I foresaw this right. There was you know a couple I think it was three episodes ago before we did before the trade deadline all that stuff we came on here and talked about it. I told you Lakers are going to make a move you know somebody was going to make a move below Sacramento and um you know those teams got better and you know for everybody who's saying well we're the three seed yeah but you know it's like two games separate us from the three seed and like the eight seed it's it's kind of ridiculous actually um so all you can do now is play some basketball and try to win as much games as possible, but the schedule is not forgiving. You know, it's, it's a brutal schedule coming in. Um, Portland's no slouch. They seem like they've had Sacramento's number over the last few years. Um, so uh, it, it is what it is at this point, but for a lot of people that saying that, you know, one of the takes that's really bugged me since trend deadline is like, why are we just already crowning Phoenix? You know, and, 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 I've told people, how are we not? You know, Phoenix was in the NBA Finals a few years ago. What were they, the one seed last year or two seed? They've been beat up this year. It's not like Phoenix just fell off a cliff, right? Like, you know, they're the four seed or five seed, whatever they are. Um, That team's just been banged up. Chris Paul's been hurt. Devin Booker missed some time. Um, But they managed to stay in the middle of the pack of things in the Western Conference. That's what good teams do when you're missing two players uh, for a lot of games, your two-star players, um, you know, the ability to stay around the pack and, and stay alive until the all-star game is huge. And now they just added possibly the best uh, offensive threat in the NBA. You know, I, I would say for sure the best offensive threat in the NBA, in my opinion. I think KD's scoring ability is uh, probably the best of all time, in my opinion. I think his ability to shoot from three, mid-range, um, to score pretty much anytime he wants to, and then underrated length. You know, you got to think Phoenix just added a seven footer who uh, is the best scorer in the NBA on top of DeAndre Ayton, who just absolutely dominated Sacramento. Um, So for people saying that, oh, we got to see Phoenix give us, you know, give them a few games. See, I I don't think that they're that great. You're fucking high. Um, (laughs) It's fucking crazy to me. Phoenix is going to be there. Um, So if you're Sacramento, um, and I think we came on and talked about the last podcast. I don't, I don't really remember, but I, I think the sixth seed is something that is realistic and something they should shoot for. You got to avoid the play in because I do not want to see LeBron James and Anthony Davis 
uh, D'Angelo Russell. Who else is on that? Malik Beasley, is that? No. Did Malik Beasley go to Lakers too? Yeah, Jared Vanderbilt's on the Lakers. Like, fucking stay away. I don't want to see those guys. You know, uh, there's a possibility you see Golden State in a play-in. Stay the hell away from the play-in game. And, uh, you know, enough for the rant and the recap. But six seed or higher, and I'm good to go. That was, I mean, and that's why I kind of want to throw it out there for people who might have missed the episode that that was really where the conversation ended up going, where we all started really talking about that. Because, you know, when we, when we came on last week, it was right after the deadline. And, 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 and now the dust has settled, I guess we can, you know, it's, it's always good to take a look at it and see what the takes were coming out of it. But that's where the conversation went last week when we did talk. It was about where realistically where the Kings were going to, we're going to go, we're going to end up or where they could end up and what teams would, would ascend, descend, if you will. And that's that's kind of the general consensus, I think, from all three of us last week, is that it, it didn't really matter where the Kings landed in one through six. I know we ended up having some conversation after the podcast, too, all of us, and, and we were kind of talking about matchups. And that was one thing we said, too, on there, right, Ryan, was that even if they're the fifth seed, sixth seed, third seed, it doesn't necessarily matter because uh, the matchups, I, I don't know, like we talked about, I'd rather see the Nuggets than probably the Suns or the Grizzlies or, you know, something like that. So that that's something that I haven't, I still haven't seen. That's why I brought it up. I still haven't seen that conversation or this take out there. I think a lot of the focus is, is, is about the final standings number. And for me, that was kind of my takeaway as I've thought about it more in the last week. It's not about the final standings number. It's like you're saying, not falling too far down to where you get a terrible matchup in, in worst case scenario, I think we said was the playing game, but I agree about the Suns, like the complete dismissal from people out there all over. And, you know, and, and, and I was listening to some, you know, like national podcasts and stuff this week. And they were talking about Kevin Durant's like the ultimate insert and play guy, right? He's like the ultimate insert and play guy, especially on Phoenix where one of the guys is Chris Paul, who's going to get guys the ball. The other guy's a shooter. It's going to work. So, you know, you know what's you talk about matchups, man. And Sacramento goes to the six seed. Guess who the three seed is? Fucking Phoenix, dude. They're not they're not gonna catch it's like six games to Memphis. They're not gonna catch Memphis, they're not gonna catch the Nuggets, who are probably eight games. Double check that for me, just so I'm not spitting off some random shit. But you know, even if you do fall to the six seed, fuck, you gotta play Phoenix, right? So, like if you can get to the five seed, you know, worst five seed, four seed, you know, if it's five four, maybe you're playing Dallas. That's a decent matchup. Sacramento's already shown that they can kind of beat them and over the last few years, that's a team that me and you have always thought that Sacramento just kind of matches up against well. Yeah, they have Luka, they have Kyrie, but there's no length. Sacramento struggles against the, the big seven-footers, man, the long wings who shoot. So, uh, you know, if you fall to the sixth seed, you're probably going to face Phoenix, and you're probably not going to win a game. Uh, if you fall to the four or five seed, you're going to get probably Dallas, which I, I would say you have a good chance of moving on to the next round. So, um you know, people don't take that into consideration when they look at all these moves and stuff. And, uh, you know, people think like, like you said, KD is the ultimate play. And they're like, oh, well, some of these teams needs a little buffer time, right? They need a little, you know, time to get together and mesh and gel and get that kind of uh, camaraderie going. You're right, man. KD is the plug and play, especially with the point, with the point God in Chris Paul, who doesn't give a shit about scoring, right? Like he's, he don't care. He's going to get KD his his shots, and Devin Booker's going to get his shots. And um, yeah, so I I actually just thought about that, man. If you follow the sixty, it's most likely going to be Phoenix and fuck, dude. You know, so it's important, man. You, you it's important um, that Sacramento plays well and beats teams that they're supposed to be, like this Portland game tomorrow. Technically, you're supposed to beat Portland. You got to take care of business at home. 
the standings are super close. So, and it's a, it's, I'm, I always think about like what's going to be the theme of uh, the next couple of weeks as we go into do podcasts and as we're watching games and stuff. <laughs> and, um, you know, the Kings, really the third seed, which is where the Kings sit, all the way down to the Thunder uh, at, at 10, really. And then the Trailblazers is right behind it at, at 12. We're talking a matter of three to four game different, you know, behind that, that it's that close. The third seed to the 10th seed are about three games difference, four games difference, kind of all up in there. The Kings, it's been, it's been publicized, Ryan. I'll trust the people that post things that the Kings have a extremely difficult schedule uh, for the rest of the way. I think the number is 25 games, if I'm correct. And they're coming right out of the all-star break run with the Blazers, the Clippers, the Thunder, the Thunder, the Clippers. That's like, that's tough, man. That's those are tough games, and every game is going to be a tough game. I mean, and we can go through the schedule; and it's all tough. And you know, the Kings—the one thing the Kings have not done this year is go on a big losing streak, which is which is good. And I'm not trying to jinx anything, and I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But one little bad losing streak—that's that's been the worry. We talked about it going in the trade deadline, and I guess we'll just have to wait and see and talk about it. But yeah, I think that was one of the things that was surprised. It has been surprising going into the All Star break, and even now is the just complete confidence because they see the number three next to the Kings in the standings. But the whole context surrounding the Western Conference is just so close. That separation we've wanted to see not happening. And um, yeah, just just a lot there. Uh, I, let's talk about the buyout market a little bit, Ryan. Um, a lot of people obviously posting, you know, should the Kings get this player, this player in the buyout market? And, and every time someone is bought out, you see a post. Should the Kings get him? And I had made a comment on last week's episode that the Kings may be players in the buyout market, maybe, but they're not going to get those players, like those top tier players. Like obviously like Kevin Love gets released. People were saying, should they get Kevin Love? Like, Kevin Love ain't coming to Sacramento. You know, Terrence Ross comes out. You, you, you I think you said it before, like they're going to want to go to Phoenix, probably the easy one. And then even in the Eastern conference, there's the teams, there's the bucks and you know, there seems like that. So if you look at the pecking order, uh, I, I'm looking at you know Bleacher Report, ESPN. They always do these at the deadline top ten top ten uh, rankings, and I'm looking at them all. And honestly, and none of them. I'm looking at some of the other belief hosts what they're ranking. Nobody's ranking the Kings in the top ten in the NBA rankings. So uh, whether you think that's valid or not, that's what people think. That's the national perception. And when you start talking about buyout market, teams aren't going to go to like the quote unquote 13th ranked team in Sacramento who's unproven. They're going to go to the top tier ones. And that's kind of that, that, that's kind of a bummer. We talked about last week how the that's the that's the downside to being in a small market. You know, and, and that's why we were so pushy at the deadline about making moves and being aggressive because you know that that was kind of the king's last opportunity probably to enhance the lineup. Whereas other teams are going to be able to do so wh- whether they were aggressive at the deadline. And then now they're just going to be taking advantage of opportunity in the buyout market, and that's what that's what always really scared me. And so I guess I'm not trying to be negative uh, about where the Kings stand, obviously because they've done so well. But there is there is some things out there to be concerned about, if you will, uh, that they have going against them with the schedule, the buyout market, and then just some other teams getting better that they honestly just can't correct, except for to go out there and ball out, you know, and, and that's, that's tough. That's a tough thing, dude. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough place to be. That's all. Yeah. That the buyout market people actually, that's, it was so funny to me that people were actually like, we should get this player in the buyout market. We should do this in what fucking world. Right. It's not like, you know, it's one thing if Sacramento, like maybe next year, maybe Sacramento wins a playoff series and then they take the next step next year to where they're at, where Memphis is at. Right. 
and they're battling for that two seed and there's a three or four or five game difference between them and the person behind them. But a team that is literally what a game above the Clippers, two games above the eight seed. And it's not looking like, you know, they obviously did improve the roster already. In what fucking world would Kevin Love come here? You know, in what world would Terrence Ross come here or, you know, like that stuff. I'm like, I've, I, I always saw that this, you know, these past few weeks. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. It, that's absolutely crazy that you actually think that those guys are going to come here. They're going to go to the big markets. They're going to go to the teams that actually improved during the trade deadline and are going to win a championship. So, uh, yeah, I just I saw that take and I was just I just shook my head every single time. I'm like, what the hell are you thinking? Why? Why? You know, so. Yeah, but, but there's I guess that's what I said. That's why we were so pushy going into the deadline. And that's why when they did make a move, it was it was like there was a bit of disappointment and it was, it's tough because the Kings it's tough, man. Cause the Kings are in the third seed. They are playing well. They haven't had a losing streak, but also you have to look, like I said, in the other side, they haven't had injury. They had a relatively easy schedule, honestly, in the, in the last month, especially going into the deadline, they had a lot of easy games. That road trip they had right before was a, were a lot of losing teams. So um, you just have to be real. You have to be honest. which is what we always try to do and approach with caution. Um, and, and without the improvement of roster, it I'm cautious. I'm optimistic about where they're playing, but I am cautious. And this next, these let's see the the schedule that I refer to. Um, let me pull if I pull the schedule back up. It it, it really covers the next uh, week and a half, and we're talking about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that are in Western Conference that are all right in the thick of it. You know. Uh, yeah, what people I feel like people failed to look at. There's a there's a thing called the totality of circumstances, right? And people failed to look at the totality of circumstances when it came to the Kings being the three seed. And I brought it up earlier with Phoenix being extremely hurt throughout the season. You know, look at the Clippers. How many games has Kawhi Leonard and Paul George played? You know, uh, you know, you, and you look at like the Pelicans. How many games has Zion played? How many games has Bi played? Uh, looking at the totality of circumstances, the Kings have had their two best players on the court. If uh, just off the top of my head, 90% of their games, at least, you know, what Sabonis missed one, maybe two games for that thumb and Fox missed two games maybe this year. Cause the baby and maybe one other one, I can't remember. Like they've been extremely healthy. Monk's really been the only person on the team going into the all-star break that was banged up and he missed the last three or four games or something. And that's it. So when you look at that and you, totality of circumstances right and you look at everything that's happened and put in all the variables and all that sacramento's extremely lucky best case this was best case scenario for them best case scenario nobody gets hurt other teams in your conference get hurt uh you know you get an easiest easier schedule coming into the all-star break and you know granted to them they made the best of their uh of what they had in front of them but you know, other teams got healthy. The all-star break is definitely going to help even more people get healthy. You know, if you, if you think that LeBron James needed a break, you know, like that guy's 38, 39, whatever the hell he is now, Anthony Davis could use an extra week. Steph Curry could use that week, you know, KD who's supposedly was banged up for the all-star break needed that break. Um, so, you know, like Luca who was hurt right before the all-star break, these teams are all healthy, man. They're all healthy and they're all coming for you. So, I really felt like people failed to look at the totality of circumstances. And when it came to Sacramento, you know, you just got to look at it objectively, right? Be, be real, right? Be honest with yourself. Don't lie. Don't kid to yourself. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm not hating on Sacramento, but I look at them and I say, man, this is best case scenario. Sabonis and Fox stayed healthy. You know, most of the roster stayed extremely healthy. Kevin Herter is playing, you know, up until now has played the best basketball of his career. Same with Malik Monk, you know, like Harrison Barnes and, and Keegan Murray's been a, a great addition. So this was best case scenario. And I just really, it really bugged me. They didn't try to add just a little bit of depth just in case somebody rolled an ankle, right? But moving forward, man, it's going to be tough, dude. It's going to be a tough road this next 25 games. It is. Um, I wanted to I wanted to have a conversation with you about the like the downside of the small of being in a small market. And one of them was the was the uh, buyout market, which you already talked about. Right. But the other one was that the media, it's it's a, it's, it's something I always think about, but we don't bring it. We haven't brought up on the show in a while. And um I haven't seen shit around Sacramento. I don't consider us Sacramento media. <laughs> we're not like we're we're fans who do a podcast and we like to believe we have some good takes and shit, but like we don't cover the team. So we're we're trying to do, um, and that's kind of the downside of the Kings, uh, being a small a small market is that the media the media doesn't really has didn't push any issues. I didn't see I didn't see anybody. There was no story that came out. There was nothing. No articles. There was nothing that circulated about why the Kings did what they did. They There was a press conference that Monty did right after the tread deadline, and everyone just kind of took his answers at face value and like, yeah, yeah, all good. <laughs> Everything's all good. And, and I'm like, man, I that's where sometimes, like, I get, you know, fan of a small market for players and stuff, but sometimes, like, being in a big market, you have a lot of national attention to, towards the towards your team and local media that's that's not on the team's side. Right, they're they're not on the team side. They're trying to f- question flaws and things like that. And I'm actually like, not to get into the Rashawn Holmes conversation and shit necessarily super deep right now or anything like that. But I'm just a little disappointed that no one surrounding the Kings man pushed issues and his questioning things like that. I don't I don't understand why why us some Joe Blows are the only ones that like point this type of stuff out. I don't get it. I think it's like that they're just riding with the with the times, man. They're happy to be here, support the team because they haven't been in a while. But why is nobody questioning this shit? Well, you know what it's going to be? It's And this is something that I've wanted to bring up for a little while on the podcast. I've kind of refrained, but I think it's time. It's because Sacramento sucked for so long, people are, you know, are just happy to be here. And I'm afraid that that's what's going to be the, uh, what's it called? I just drew a blank, but that's what's going to be said the next few years, right? When Sacramento, like, you know, say next year, Sacramento possibly makes another jump and goes to the two seed in the playoffs. And then they lose, you know, God forbid, first round. People are, because because they were so bad for so long, the excuse is just going to be, at least we're here, guys. Remember remember when we were down in the dumps? But, and, and it's something that me and you have said about the franchise for a long time. It's the losing mentality with this franchise. It's like a fucking cloud over this franchise and over this fan base that it's, you know, it's a losing mentality and it's the inability to just want to get better right there. And that's something that I've wanted to bring up for a long time. And it's going to be hard, especially for the, the local media who covers the team to get past that, because let's be real, every radio, every single person on the radio for Sacramento right now, none of them covered a winning team before ever. None of these people have covered a winning team. They don't know how to cover a winning team. And their whole thing is, well, guys, at least we're here. 
at least we're here, guys. Remember when the team was possibly going to move to Seattle? Now, you know, hey, at least we're here in the playoffs and the, the crowd's selling out. And, you know, I, I'm afraid that that's kind of going to be a thing for the next few years that's really going to bug me. Yeah, like that That was this, like, that's the success, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that's it. We, 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 like, mama, we made it, man. This is yes. a success. That, yes. That's what I mean. I don't get it. And I'm not trying to be a negative fan. I mean, I think, Ryan, I, sometimes it's like what it takes. Like, I want to, I, I say this, I preface things sometimes so people will know where we're coming from because I, on our show, that's what we've always tried to do is talk about the shit that people aren't talking about. Like, I don't think people, okay, they can go and and, and learn about Darren Fox's clutch fourth quarter stats. They can talk about, you know, Sabonis's blah, blah, blah. They can talk about Keegan Murray's total, how he's going to, you know, maybe reset the team record for three points. Like that, those are all things everybody knows about, but I don't think people come to talk about that. And I think like the underground fans, if you will, which is kind of what we always consider ourselves, that we always talk about these different things like this that are, that are there, that are real storylines and don't get addressed. And I don't understand. I mean, that's why I said with the Rashawn Holmes one, it's more not Rashawn Holmes because we've talked about it, but it's that that move and then the lack of the move of the deadline or explanation. Now I listened to the whole press conference because I, I wanted to call it out and I wanted to make sure I listened to the whole press conference to make sure it wasn't asked. Not one fucking person said, Hey Monty, you signed this guy for several years through 2025 at 12 million a year. Did you try to, did you field calls? He's not playing. He's getting DMPs. Why didn't you feel calls? Do you regret signing him? Did you, you know, it's that, it's that type of stuff right there. Hey, Terrence Davis, you, you have him on your roster. He's tradable. Like, what's your plan? What do you want to do? Monty McNair went in his press conference and said his answer to the media was, you know, we got a lot of young players here who haven't played together for a long time. They're having a lot of success and we didn't really want to shake up that chemistry and we want to see them develop. And everyone's like, yeah, oh yeah. And of course, like, th- dude, there's truth to that. Like, we know that. Of course, there's truth to that. But also, in addition, there is some truth to some of that other stuff. And that's that's why I want to say I think it's the downside of this of the small market. That's the only thing I could think of. Well, to me, it's kind of a bullshit answer that you didn't want to shake up the chemistry. Like, I understand that. Like you said, I understand that for the young guys who play Kevin Hurd or Keegan Murray, Deer Fox, Sabonis, Rashawn Holmes, who's getting DMPs and is just fucking stealing money from the city of Sacramento. <laughs> you know, the, Terrence, the city. <laughs> the city, you know what I mean? Like from the people. <laughs> from the people, you know what I mean? Like Terrence Davis, who I I actually I, I really like Terrence Davis. I think he has a spot on this roster, but he is an asset being 24 on a team friendly contract. And they don't you uh, they don't utilize that's the thing is they, they aren't utilizing him. So why why are people in press conferences not going out there and saying, hey, you so First half of the season, you didn't play Holmes. You you had a long stretches where you didn't play Terrence Davis, and then when he does play, he does you know seem to play well. Like, can you explain your thought process here? Like, why are you doing this? Why, you know, and no one no one attacks. And I think everyone in in around the Kings right now is they're in that position where, like you said, they're just happy to be there. They don't want to rock it. They they are getting off more with the the place. The Golden One Center finally has purpose in March. It's finally loud. The games are finally selling out. Right? Blah blah blah. They're they're more concerned about that. And and and, and as I think as a as a journalist who covers the team, I would expect that you go after some of this other stuff that's also there too. And and that's what we're doing. And it's not that we're being like fucking pessimistic or anything, but the storylines do exist and they're worthy 
of a take and they're worthy to be addressed and we're not receiving that yeah you know? well it's like it's like we said man like i just said these these people don't know how to cover a winning team they don't know what questions to ask in a time like this because usually what's happening at the trade deadline is sacramento is looking to trade away their best player it's been like that for the last 10 years you know is boogie getting traded are we going to move De'Aaron fox we're we going to move halliburton what are we doing uh, you know, so that's kind of been the, the the vibe around the team the last few years. They don't know what to do when Sacramento is in a position where they need to get better. They don't know how to ask those questions or, or frankly, they just don't understand the situation that they're in. That's probably what it is, is they just can't comprehend the situation that they're in and they don't have the ability or the knowledge to sit there and look at and say, hey, you know what? Uh, this, you know, here's question A, B, or C. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to, you know, moving forward, what are you going to do about these contracts? So uh, that's kind of been something me and you have talked about offline, uh, you know, about some people who cover the team. And it's uh, and it's going to be a storyline over the next few years, man. I'm telling you, team, you know, or not teams, but uh, the coverage of Sacramento, it's going to be happy-go-lucky. Hey, man, we're just happy to be here. We're just, you know, we're we're playing with house money is, is the mindset that's going to be the next few years. And it's something that really bothers me, and I've been seeing it coming. Um, and, you know, when it does actually get worse and worse next year or the year after, I'll be here to point it out and say, you know, I told you, so you got to evolve. You know, there has to be the constant progress to want to get better, uh, you know, at each stage of the season. So uh, it's going to be interesting, and it's something I'm definitely keeping an eye on. Yeah, I just I hate I hate that we always have to be the ones over the years to talk about this type of stuff. And then later on, be like, dude, we were saying that. I mean, it happened way back when we first started the podcast. The hill we died on was with Bogdanovich. You know, we were saying trade him at the deadline that year. They didn't. You know, he walked for nothing. And uh, with Holmes, the storylines are kind of with obviously with Halliburton last year, like the storylines have always been there. And. They're they're there. They're obvious, but I like I said, uh, it's to me small market thing. Happy to be there, and you're right, man. It was it was not long ago where the Kings had a a young team where they had the Giles and the Scala BCA and the Fox and the Justin Jacksons and you know Ben Mack. You could just go for days of all the young players they had. And I remember at that time too, we were talking about man. You know, the Kings, I, I this is going to be several years away if they don't accelerate this thing. That's the one thing you and I were talking about. And uh, you're right, though. People were telling us, well, you just lo- be lucky that the Kings have a team. This team could be in Seattle. Just be lucky to have a team. That was that was there. So we had to be grateful at that time. And now that they're here, it's like, just be grateful they're finally in. And it's like, man, we I am grateful that the Kings are uh, here in Sacramento. Man, I live in Sacramento. I live just not far from the arena. Like, yeah, of course, man. Um, and of course, I'm happy that the Kings are finally good, dude. You got season tickets to the to the Kings, Ryan, aren't you? Much isn't it much better for you, like to be able to, for us to go to these games and it's rocking? But we we understand that, man. It, it's okay. We're we're totally happy, super psyched by that. But like, you know, there's also these conversations. And honestly, fuck the media. I might I, sometimes I go on. I might go on a rant on Twitter and just tag some of them just to see. And you know what? I'll probably get that. You're a hater. You're one of those negative fans. Like, just be happy to be there, and the point will be made. Well, I'll do a little uh, social experiment for us, Ryan. Report back on the next podcast and see how that how that goes, dude. Um, okay, I got I got something else. I got something else here. Okay, Ryan. Uh, 
on Twitter, this uh, there's I don't know if you're not really as much on this. I don't know if you've seen Twitter Spaces. Do you do you ever been on Twitter Spaces before? I, I've seen it. I I don't really you know me man. I just go on and and I need to do better, but I don't. I just view on social media, man. I just like to look at the takes and that's about it. And I don't post, I don't get in the spaces and I need to, and you've been telling me for a long time, maybe it'll be my new year's resolution as we're almost in March. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I, uh, gosh, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Actually. I, I've been meaning to, I've been meaning to get on, on social media and handle this, but uh, places for, for you is something that, you know, you've got to engage with people outside of Kingsland. And uh, there is some people in the, in the local media that are on there that I know that you've got to talk to. So um, yeah, man, I, I need to hop on. You need to remind me, dude, you got to hold me accountable when it comes to this stuff. I just bring it up. Cause it's another side of, it's another side. Of, like we, we started off on Kings Twitter way back in the day. That's where we used to be like years ago. So, but anyway, uh, a guy on there, his name's John. He, he posted something and I thought, and, there was a little thread going. I want. I want to talk about it because it is the show's namesake, uh, Kang's cast, right? And someone posted a meme, and it said uh, it was it was like that. That uh, there's a there's a classic meme of like somebody like a headstone, you know, and everyone's standing by it. It's like Kang's R.I.P., you know, and he's like, "Is is Kang's is dead? It's Kings now." And then uh, John had posted, and and I, he, it's, he said, no, there's like a dual meaning, like Kangs, and then Kangs, and, and I wanted to bring that up because it, it is the name of our show, and, and uh, so Kangs was always kind of like fucking Kangs, dude. Like they, when they where they were sucking for so long, it was kind of like, how would you describe it? Because people will say, why is it called Kangs Cast, Ryan? You know, people say that to us. We're like, guys, dude, the fucking Kangs, you know. But also at the end of the, at the end of the show, uh, it's always like Kangs in a positive way. And same thing when we when in when in our some of our groups group chats when the kings win it's always a thing and so i want to point that out like the, how kings has the dual meaning and and it, it was always negative but right now it is positive and it could be used as both do you agree with me i 100 percent agree man i i like telling people kings after they win you know like that's just a fun i got a text the other day when me and you were walking out of the stadium against dallas or you know one of my buddies just texted me kings and i'm like hell yeah kings yeah, but it always be it, it was always Kangs, like fucking Kang shit. So I, I just wanted to bring the podcast because it, it it rang a bell, and I'm like, hey, that's our namesake. I wanted to be able to have a conversation about that, about that too. But um, all right, so you're going to the game tomorrow, man. That's that's uh, I mean, Portland, Portland, Portland's a kind of one of those improved teams too. Um, what what else is there games this week? I'm kind of looking ahead with like some of the, the look, big games. The schedule, at. man. It's it's been yeah. a minute. I haven't looked at the schedule. It's a little um, bit of I have it up. It's a little bit of a road game. I mean, until until March March third against the Clippers. Um oh, two yeah, games, Friday, March third home, yeah. That's what scares me though. Two games against the Clippers, a team that I think the Kings just do not match up well at, at all against. And you know. Yeah, they yeah, the Clippers, I mean, dude, especially I don't know if people know this, but Russell Westbrook's on the Clippers now. That is, you know, and people could talk about whatever they want. People feel however they want about Russell Westbrook. The guy plays fucking hard. He's strong. He does, you know, he plays defense. He rebounds. Um, he's going to be a difference maker on that team. And that's just another person that you have to deal with in your division, in your conference, um, with a team that's nipping at your heels, man. So and you got them two times in the next few weeks, man. That's fucked. I got two, I got two fun things, Ryan. One or one, not one fun thing. Okay. One take here, the all-star break. A lot of people on Kingsland, I have, we have to address this, wanted to 
tried to draw some conclusions for the lack of playing time for the Kings. Aaron Fox didn't score. Sabonis barely played. I think they played under 10 minutes each. Didn't do much. A lot of people were trying to like outsmart the room and formulate a take there about like how the Kings just aren't ready or I don't really, honestly, I don't know what they were trying to say, but they were trying to find a correlation between the Kings being, you know, being sucky, I guess the rest, I don't even know what they're saying. You can't draw shit from that all-star game. That wasn't even a basketball game, dude. Like there's zero thing you can, you can come up with that. What it is, man, and and I'll give it to you. And this is the only explanation that I think there, there is out there that has an actual argument to it. It's an all-star game, man. Darren Fox was a uh, injury uh, slated in, you know, that's kind of that reserve role that, you know, he's an injury replacement. Other guys wanted the minutes, man. And then let's be real. DeMontis Sabonis isn't an all-star player, all-star game player. I should, sorry, don't take it easy, fellas. All-star, all-star game player, right? The guy's not flashy, dude. And let's be real. He's probably nursing that thumb injury, man. He, I, I would I would guess that he, he was probably like, hey, I'm good, man. I'm just happy to be here right now. I'm not really too worried about it. As far as De'Aaron Fox, other guys wanted the minutes, man. You know, you were an injury replacement. It is what it is. I'm not going to draw too much of a conclusion for it. But before we before we log off, Eric, I do want to talk about something. Fucking Kevin Herter, dude. With, with the worst showing I have ever seen in an NBA, an NBA three-point shootout. Is absolutely you talk about and I like I like Mr. Red Velvet, right? Big fan. But holy shit. You went out there eight, eight? Didn't he lose to Julius Randle? Like, come on, man. You know, that is one of the things that it's like, all right, this is a purely you got the same opportunity as everybody else. It's an individual performance, and you just absolutely took a dump, dude. I'm pretty sure. I gotta go back and look. But I'm pretty sure that Kevin Hart, when he battled Draymond Green in the three-point contest a few years ago, had more than eight points in the three-point contest. So, you know, I yeah, I want to come out and point that out. And it's not, you know, it's all it's kind of fun in games, but it's kind of like, bro, you were our one person that was supposed to hold it down for Sacramento at the playoff or at the at the All Star break. You know, I kind of expected Keegan Murray not to do much in that game, and I same with Darren and 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 Sabonis. But I was like, bro, there's a chance that Herder can, you know, kind of you know, sneak his way into the finals or, or at least put on a good showing. And he took an absolute dump. And that was the dud of the all-star break. I'm not worried about the other three. That was an absolute dud. Uh, you know, like I would expect Shaq to put him on Shaq and a fool coming up pretty soon. You know, maybe put a little side-by-side with Kevin Hart and Kevin Herter. But I was really disappointed, man. I was really disappointed. I, I, I tuned in just to watch Kevin Herter to put up eight points and lose to Julius Randle. I'm glad you brought it up. I'm going to be the ultimate Kevin Herter apologist. I said it during the game. He's a, he's a gamer. He's a game shooter. He is. He is. <laughs> he is. His, he, he's a game shooter. But I, I, yeah, that was, that was wild. I didn't expect that. I didn't bet him. I actually bet Buddy Hield, Um And Buddy Hield was down by one in the final standing. So that's how it works, man. You know, but hey, whatever. But all right, Ryan. So trade deadlines coming to a close. More Kings games back. More takes to come. Everybody knows the freaking storyline. We just got to see this thing play out and hopefully uh we are our pessimism is is kind of uh dissipated over the next week or two before we keep getting on and we'll see what happens but long season more to come so hey guys appreciate you listening if you ever want to interact or be a part of the show you can always do so by tagging us you can find ryan and i on twitter and facebook at king Eric. we're active including our facebook group kingsland check that out and join it 
interact with us and other people. Uh, if you want to support the show, please slide down on Apple Podcasts and slide up on Spotify and leave us a five-star review. It does help us reach more Kings fans just like you. And if you want to check out anything else, Kings Cast, you can check us out on the Believe Podcast Network, where we are the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.